Well, we're in a series called Increased Favor. Can I just say this first? We'd just like to welcome everyone who's online this morning. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around the country, around the world, uh, for being with us in our church today. Can we put our hands together and just welcome our online congregation alive this morning? God bless you. Uh, our prayer today is that God would touch and impact your life in a personal and unique way, that you would have an encounter and an impartation from the Holy Spirit for your life this morning. And I believe God's got a word for you today. Secondly, if you are visiting us for the very first time, you are our VIP. So glad you're here today. And we'll give you an official welcome right at the end of the service when we share our house news with you. But for now, we're going to dig straight into the Word of God. Don't forget that we are live every week on the YouTube uh, Bible app, the version Bible app. So if you don't have it, you can download it. Just go and Google version Bible. And if you follow the prompts on the screen, you'll see we're live there. And you can just go on there, take your own notes, follow the scriptures that we've posted there, and that'll help you just to study the word. Or you can just go to rfcfc.com after the service, go to the resources page, and you'll find that podcast is there for you to enjoy. The teaching notes are there, and you can use that to uh, further your own Bible study. Uh, would you just make this bold declaration with me? We're in a series called Increased Favor, and we are trusting God over the next 200 days to see increased favor in our lives in every area so that we can leverage that to flow with God's purpose for our lives. And we're going to dig into a little bit more of that this morning. But what we did last week is we started a 40-day challenge where every day we're just taking an extra 10 or 15 minutes. I'm uploading a devotional, uh, just a scripture and a little uh, conversation and a prayer. And uh, you just take that extra 10 or 15 minutes out of your normal day, out of your normal quiet time, just to meditate and focus on the goodness of God in your life. Now, you can go to any of our social media or join one of our groups, and you can find out how to do that by speaking to the info bar and follow us for the next 40 days as we trust God together. So for that, let's make this bold declaration this morning. Say, I am born again by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, I am the righteousness of God. He loves me. Therefore, I'm highly favored. I'm completely blessed so that I can be a blessing. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Well, I want to talk to you today from this perspective. You have God's presence and God's favor in your life regardless of your current circumstance. And I want you to know David really got a hold of this and he understood it and it really helped him to grow to where God wanted him to grow, to be who God wanted him to be. And how many you know God wants more than anything else for us to be more like Christ? On an ongoing basis, he wants every one of us. That's being a follower of Christ. That's being on the journey with God. The, the most single greatest purpose for any one of us as children of God is as God transforms us to be more like him. And the more we become like him, the more we're able to do things like him. Can you say amen? So turn with me quickly to Psalm 139. We read a few verses here in Psalm 139, and we see what David is saying. He says this, You have hedged me behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. 
I cannot attain it. Remember last week we looked at God's ways are higher than our ways and that we need to learn to trust and surrender. That's what David's saying. He's saying, listen, you love me so much. You cover me so much. You cover me from the front, from the back. It's incredible. I can't even fathom why you do it or how you do it. But I know that you do it. Then he goes on, he says, where can I go from your spirit? When I go, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, who'd want to do that? Behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. Wow. Now that's favor. David had come to the realization, no matter what his circumstance, how many of you felt like sometimes you've made your bed in hell? Come on, let's be honest. It's like, Lord, what is going on? And David's saying, even there, there's nowhere you can go to get away from his presence. He loves you that much. He cares about your life that much. And so what we do, if we're going to grow in our sonship, if we're going to grow in our relationship, if we're going to grow in grace, it's coming to the realization that my circumstances do not determine for or against whether God is with me. He is with me. His presence never leaves me. Therefore, I have his favor. Say it with me. Say, I'm favored this morning. So the psalmist shares this revelation, and I believe the Holy Spirit had him put it there for you and I today, that we realize we must not judge or evaluate God's presence or favor on our lives by the presence of good or bad circumstances. Because then all we doom to live by is by our feelings. And God does not deal with us according to our feelings. Feelings follow. Amen? But God's favor lasts forever. Now, I really believe there's a New Testament scripture that kind of communicates the same thing. Let's turn there and have a look at it. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. It says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Look at the person next to you and say, don't give up. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Okay, why don't we lose heart? Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. I mean, just look at me right now. Inside, I'm like a 21-year-old. I've got the build of Superman. I've got the powers of Thor. And Jesus is my Savior. I know on the outside you're saying, hmm, not so sure about that. But that's what David is, that's what the writer here, Paul, is saying. He's saying, listen, your outward man is going to perish because you live in a fallen world. But here's the thing every day, your spirit man, the real you, is being made brand new. It's being renewed, it's being revitalized. Why? Because of God's presence. Because you're chosen, because you're favored, because God has put his hand on you when you receive Christ as your Savior. Look at verse 17. You're going to love this verse. For my light affliction, my light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hear this today, church. Every time you go through something in life, and you keep your perspective on God, you stay in your son and daughtership, you completely continue to declare God's goodness and God's presence in your life, listen, his glory is working in your heart. And that affliction 
which in context is a light affliction, is actually working for you, not against you. The enemy might design it against you. God works it for you. That's amazing grace. Can you say amen this morning? And so, and, and I'm going to read for you, just remind me just now, I'll read for you the light affliction he was talking about. And you'll have a good giggle, because there was nothing light about it. <laughs> but in the light of him recognizing God's presence is with me, God's hand is on me, God has called me. Look at the person next to you right now. Look at them in the eye. If you're by yourself, just speak to yourself. Say, you have been called. You have been chosen. Listen, think of this very clearly this morning. God didn't just choose some of us randomly to say, okay, you're chosen, you're not. If you're born again today, you're chosen for a greater purpose. You're destined for greatness. Your life is amazing the minute you connect with who God says you are. And that's incredible. Now look at verse 18. While we do not look, while we do not look at things which are seen, but that the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary. That word temporary means subject to change. Only for a season. All right? But the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, they are consistent. They do not change. God's love for you does not change. His presence on you is never lifted because he is eternal. And when he said, I love you in Christ, I treat you as if you're my own son, I seat you in heavenly places in Christ, he meant what he said. Would someone get excited right now? Now, to help us understand this, let's take another look into the life of Joseph. We've been studying Joseph a little bit. Remember, Joseph had been sold into slavery. Potiphar had bought him. He's now a slave in Potiphar's house. But the Bible says that Potiphar saw that God's hand was upon him. And so he promoted him. And literally, he had access and authority over everything in Potiphar's house except his wife. And for some crazy reason, his wife decided that she liked Joseph and she was going to sleep with him. But Joseph refused. And we know that after this happened, uh, she accused Joseph of trying to rape her. And he took as evidence his robe that he had over him when he was running away. Sometimes you don't stand and fight the devil. You run away for another day. Not in terror, in faith. Hello? Anyway, that's for another day. Understandably, understandably, Potiphar hears his wife telling her version of the story, gets angry, rightfully so, if what she told him was true, seizes him, strips him of his power and authority and throws him into prison. Now imagine Joseph's condition when he finds himself thrown in prison for something he didn't do and again stripped of everything that God had blessed him with. How do you think he felt? I bet he immediately went back and replayed the pattern of his life. There I was, my, my dad's favorite. My brothers hated me. My brothers resented me. Eventually that ended up in me being thrown in a pit, being sold into slavery. Then I got blessed. Even being a slave, I still got blessed. God still, And now I find myself in prison again. How many know he'd be completely justified in some of our eyes to say, God, where are you? Is this a serving God? Then I'm not going to serve God. Hello? We've all done that, but we've got to go through that and realize that our sonship is real. 
And so where most people would have said, where are you, God? What's going on? You know what Joseph did? I believe he had to work through those emotions. I believe that pain was real. We, you know, we can look back and say, oh, what a wonderful story, because we know the end of it. But he didn't. He thought that was the end for him. But you know what? Listen carefully. He held on to his dream. He held on to what God had said he would do, what God said he would be. And I bet he started reflecting on, on realizing that some of these things in the dream were actually coming to pass and that he had to trust that in that moment God was still working for him. This light affliction is working for me a greater glory while I look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. You and I sometimes deliberately and intentionally to not look at the seen. And we need to put our eyes onto the unseen and say, God, what have you promised me? What have you said in your word? What have you declared over my life? What have you declared over my family? Pastor Joshua said to me uh, just over two years ago, he said, Larry, don't stop speaking life over your children. Even though it looks like things aren't what they should be, you keep speaking to their spirit. You keep speaking the word. You keep speaking the gospel. You keep declaring God's goodness. What is that? Not looking at the scene. Not looking at what's going on around you. And so Joseph applied this, and guess what? He did not consider his circumstances, but he stayed focused on the Lord. Regardless of all the trouble, he declared God's unmerited favor is on my life. And this will not be the end of the story. He kept his hope alive. And wow, did the Lord deliver him. Did the Lord lift him up? Did the Lord bless his life? Did the Lord take it to a whole nother level? Have a look with me. Genesis 39, verse 21. So he's in prison, right? Verse 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph. Please say it. The Lord was with Joseph. Stop a second. Evaluate his circumstance. He's just been demoted, shamed and embarrassed, stripped of everything and thrown into prison. But the Bible says the Lord was with him. Stop judging your circumstance, or sorry, stop judging God by your circumstance and stand in reality of who God says you are. All right? He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever they did, there was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Listen, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Wow. Now listen carefully. What we need to realize is that Joseph had to stay connected with the dream and vision and purpose God had for him. If he started losing it, if he started saying this doesn't work, faith doesn't work, God isn't real, what's going on, this can't be true, and he started activating what he really felt and what he was going through, listen, he would have short-circuited the favor God had put on him to get where he needed to go. That's why the, 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 our faith and our confession and how we respond in circumstances, our partnership with God or not. His grace is never removed from you, but how much of it is released in you is dependent on you and on me and on us staying where we need to be in the process of what God is doing in our lives. So whatever is happening in your life today, don't stop trusting God. 
He is still writing your story. And just like Joseph could not see the end, we we know the end of Joseph's life, and that's there to encourage us. We need to continue to focus and arise from where we are and keep moving forward with purpose. Say it with me. Say, my life has purpose. So today, just in the time we have, I want to just talk to you about three things that you can do to stay connected with God and his favor while the storms of life are blowing around us. So write this down. Number one, you need to remember and remind yourself Jesus is interested in your success. Number one, Jesus is interested in you and your success. Have a look at Psalm 35 verse 27. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause who f- and let them say continually. How much must they say it? How often? Continually. What must they say? Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now we can translate that into the new covenant by saying this. He has pleasure in the prosperity of his children. Because you're no longer a servant, you're a child of God. So listen, if God favored servants in the Old Testament, how much more does he not want to favor you in the New Testament that are now his son and his daughter? Hallelujah. Let them shout for glory. (laughs) Let them shout for joy and be glad. But notice something he writes there. Who favor my righteous cause. We could write it like this. Who delight in God's righteousness and his purpose. So you see, that's our partnership. We need to delight in his word. We need to delight in the righteousness he's given us. We need to joy in what God's done in our lives despite what we're going through. It doesn't change what he's done or what he's doing in us. And he says, listen, then as we magnify the Lord, he takes pleasure in making us successful. So let's reflect on the scripture. Let's remind ourselves Jesus delights in blessing you and seeing you progress. It is his good pleasure to see you blessed in every area of your life. So start to believe that. Start to speak that. Start to declare that over your life. Stop living with an evil foreboding and a dread over your life like what's going to go wrong next. No, start saying what's going to go right next because I have an expectation while The world is getting worse. God's church is getting better, is getting stronger, is getting more favored, is moving forward. Now remember this. The blessing of the Lord is not limited to material things. Actually, let me say it like this. Material blessing is the lowest scale of God's blessing on your life. In other words... That's entry level. That's like basic. That's like no brainer. That's not even important. What's really important is what's going on on the inside of you. What God's blessing you with through relationship, through connection, through purpose. We are fulfilled not by the things God gives us, but by the things he asks us to do for him. And when we do them, (laughs) there's a joy and there's a sustenance that comes that is incredible. Why? Because we realize Jesus is not just interested in your blessing. He's interested in the whole of you, spirit, soul, and body. And when we realize that, it becomes simple. Now, 
Let's go back. Remember, I just read you verses 16, 17, and 18 of, of, one, of 2 Corinthians 4, where it speaks about, you know, this light affliction is working for me. God's renewing me. Let's backtrack in that chapter, and let's see how Paul started his address in verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, if everything went in, uh, right in our lives all the time and nothing ever went wrong and nothing ever happened to us, how many of you know then you never know what's in you? Then God just becomes a sugar daddy that just gives you whatever you want. No, God's interested in who you're becoming. He's interested in your character. He's interested in making you more like Jesus. And he's hidden that treasure of Christ in you and you're an earthen vessel. You're just a human like I am. We have frailties, we have weaknesses, we have circumstances, but it's in that that God displays his glory because then the glory doesn't go to us, it goes to him. When I've had a horrible week, acted like a muhu, not been what I should have been, but tried my best, kept worshipping God, and then I get up on a Sunday and I don't deserve the anointing and I haven't prepared properly, but I've done my best. And God's anointing comes anyway, gets who gets the glory. He does. But here's the other side. When I've done everything right and I've lived the best I can and I've done everything and I've been a good guy and I've loved and I've walked in peace and I get up and the anointing comes, guess why it comes? Because of him. And I still give him the glory. Otherwise, it's based on my works and not on his grace. So it's always because of him. So when I learned that, how many of you know I start walking in that and his glory? Now look what it says in verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. Remember the light affliction he spoke about? Remember he said this light affliction that I'm going through is working for me? This is his light affliction, okay? I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Always carrying in me, or about, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our body. In other words, there's the struggle, there's the suffering I'm going through, but my perspective is not what I'm going through, it's what God's doing in the midst of that. I remember Jesus. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh or our mortal bodies. So then death is working in us, but life in you. In other words, he reminds us that his purpose is connected to what God's got him doing. And in doing that, it's like Ben said, it's not always easy, but it is possible. And so as we keep moving, whatever we're facing today, start committing it to him. Start believing that he's interested in your success. Begin to see his unmerited favor transforming you into wholeness. Now have a look at verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. So listen, you've got to start declaring something out of your mouth. You've got to start speaking the word. You've got to start living that as a lifestyle if you wanted to start shaping what your future looks like. 
If you don't do that, if you don't start speaking, you're just allowing whatever's happening to overwhelm you. Knowing this, that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sake. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Then we start verse 16, which we we started with. He ends with it. He says, therefore... This light affliction is working for me an exceeding weight of glory. And so you see, church, we need to remember this. Where we are now is not our permanent residence. We are destined to reign in eternity forever with Jesus in heaven. Here's the incredible thing. The day is coming, and it's closer now than it was last year, that Jesus will come back for his church, and we will be raptured into heaven for seven years for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we will come back with him to reign here on earth for a thousand years. (laughs) I don't know about you, but whatever that position is that God has ordained for me, when I come back, I want it. I don't know, you know, in my own flimsy little imagination, I think, for me, it will be ruling over all the golf courses of the world. I'm just saying, in the natural, that's what I... Maybe I'm wrong. But literally, I'll wake up and I'll be at another golf course, ruling over it. And all these guys who play golf with me, they'll be my caddies, my my divine caddies. I know I'm making it humorous, but the reality is this. Listen, whatever it is that God is destined for you to be in eternity, whatever you're doing now is building for that. And you see, when we lose sight of that, we, it's easy to get discouraged because we're like, what is this about? No, it's about what you're developing, what God is developing in you for eternity. Look at the person next to you say, he ain't finished yet. Don't judge me. He's still busy. Amen. And he's doing a good work. Say it's a good work. So this is what we're saying. God is interested in your family, in your career, in your fulfillment in life, in your marriage, in your ministry. God is interested. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And so we can live with that uh, knowledge and that uh, awareness in our hearts. It helps us to keep moving forward and see his glory working in us. Are you getting some help this morning? Okay, number two, the second thing that keeps us connected with God and his favor during our storms, during the process of life, is number two, it's not what you have, it's who you have. It's not what you have this morning, it's who you have that makes the difference. Let's look at a scripture, Genesis 39, 1 and 2. We're going back a little bit with Joseph's life. I know we're looking at it the other way around. But look at verse 1 and 2. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Listen. The Lord was with Joseph. There it is again. The Lord was with Joseph. Look at this. And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, let's just be honest for a minute. Joseph is standing on the slave block, because that's what they used to do with slaves. You'd be paraded on a slave block in chains, naked. 
all your dignity taken away, completely shamed, all right? He's standing there on the slave block, but the Bible says God was with him. God said he was a success, and God was going to make everything he does prosper. Can I ask you something? If you saw that picture right now, would you say that person's successful? No. Yet God with his own mouth says this. I was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Why? Because it wasn't what he had, it was who he had. And I believe the Holy Spirit painted that picture so that you and I sitting today, no matter where we are, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how far down it's gone, no matter what's going on in our lives, realize today there is hope. Because if God is with you, then you are a successful person. And if you can believe that this morning, if you walk out of this place saying, listen, God is with me, God is for me, God is interested in me, listen to me today, sir, ma'am, you are successful. It might not have showed up on the outside yet, but it showed up on the inside. And I want you to know, if it shows up on the inside, it's only a matter of time before it shows up on the outside. Hallelujah. Until then, you keep speaking it. You've heard of this saying, I don't like it, but I understand it. Fake it till you make it. The difference is this. I'd like to say it like this. Faith it till you make it. Listen, I am not all I want to be yet. I'm not all I should be. This church isn't where it needs to be yet. But by faith, I see it in Jesus' name. I see every chair full, every service, whenever we open to the point that we're going to have to start another service. Look at that chair next to you and say, I see you full. Uh, don't, don't say it like this oak's lost his marbles. Look at the empty chair and say, I see you full. Why? Because I'm speaking the things I cannot see as though they are, because when I say what isn't as if it is, it becomes what it isn't. That's the faith of God. And church, you know what? You play a role. Who are you inviting tomorrow? Who are you bringing? Who are you ministering out in that community? Who are you making a difference in their lives so that they're like, hey, I want what you have. There's something special about you. I see Maybe your life's not all together, but I see God is with you and he has made you successful. That's exactly what happened to Joseph. Wow, now that's favor. When God says, I'm with you and you're successful, who cares what everyone else says? They might think you look like a muhu. They might not like the cap you're wearing or the top you're wearing or the shoes you've got on this morning. They might not like what car you drive. Who cares? If God says, I'm with you, and you're successful, that settles it. Amen. You see, God speaks to the spirit man. He doesn't speak to the natural. Say, I've got it. I'm successful because God is with me. Now, I can go on for a while, but I, I'm not going to. How you know the world determines success completely to the way God does? The world looks at success only from the external. What car do you drive? What house do you have? What clothes do you wear? Who do you hang with? How do you do this? What have you accomplished in your own ability? How have you strived in your own ability to get success? That's all man-made. And listen to me today, church. In an instant, it can change. We've got people, some of them have left now. They've moved and they've gone somewhere else. But I know people, listen to me. I, I know one particular person I'm thinking of right now. He was a multi-millionaire. 
Not one million, multi-millionaire. He had everything he wanted, could do whatever he wanted, did whatever he could. And listen, in an instant, it was gone. And yet afterwards, he was a way better person, found God in his life, got saved, served God, did incredible things in the kingdom. Who do you think is successful? And I'm not saying don't trust God for finances, and if you're wealthy today, you're you're evil. No, 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 I'm saying whatever you have today, realize it's God that makes you successful. It's God's presence on your life that makes the difference. Can you say amen? What are you carrying this morning? Look at the person next to you and say, what are you carrying this morning? Because that's what makes you a success. The world's success is temporary, but God's success is permanent. And I want you to know it brings with it fulfillment. Let's have a look at a few scriptures quickly. Maybe we don't finish this morning. Will you come back next week? Okay, great. Then I can be at at freedom just to let the time run out and we'll just carry on next week. All right, so it's the presence of the Lord in us that makes a difference. Let's look at two scriptures. The first one is John 10.10. I want to read it out of the Amplified because it just brings some things out. You probably know the scripture well. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, who's that? Jesus. I came that they, who's they? Okay, it's us, but who's it? Me. All right. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Wow. That's God speaking to you. Now, I love to study words, you know, that I go to the Greek word, but I I seldom go to the words I don't like to check what they say. I'm like, I skip over those that I go to the ones that I like this, that. So to this morning, I quickly felt prompted to go and look at some of the words I wouldn't have normally looked at, like the word thief. Now, I know that sounds self-explanatory, but I went and looked at it. You know what the word is in the Greek? It's the word kleptos. The root word in Greek is klepto. You know what word comes in the English? Kleptomaniac. What is a kleptomaniac? Someone who cannot help themselves but to be a thief. That's the devil. Listen, that is his MO. That is who he is. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is who he is. Church, you need to recognize this morning you have a real enemy and it's not God. And you know what I realized in my life? Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how long you've been serving God, doesn't matter how well you know the Bible, doesn't matter who you walk with in your life, he does never stop in his mandate, which is a thief. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. He does not want you to get a hold of who you are. He doesn't want you to spend time in the Bible. He doesn't want you to serve God. He doesn't want you to tell other people about Jesus because when you do, they'll get saved and then they become another one who's glorifying Jesus, who's this made crazy person walking around worshiping God. God's favorite. And how many you know the devil wanted to be God? But he can't destroy God, so he tries to destroy the next best thing to God, which is you. So realize this morning, you have a real enemy. Now let's go on. It says it comes in order to steal. All right? The word steal there is the same word. Kleptus. Okay? So that's the easy one. Then it says to come and kill. You know what the word kill there means? It means to annihilate and utterly destroy. So we read kill and we just think to be dead. No, no, no. He wants to annihilate you and destroy you. Why? Because you carry the seed of God. 
You carry the purpose of God. Listen to me today. Oh, come on, man. These timers, they're terrible, man. Right? He wants to annihilate you. You carrying the seed of God. You carrying the purpose of God. Listen, there are people you can reach, things you can do, businesses you can start, stuff you can make, people you can influence that no one else can do but you. And the enemy wants to steal that away from you and stop you from being the best you you can be because when you become that, you become a threat to everything that he's trying to accomplish in this world. Look at the person next to you and say, be you. Right, then it says, and destroy. The word destroy there in the Greek means to render useless, to create misery or break down. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to create misery. He wants to break you down and he wants to render you ineffective. Just say this with me. Say, I resist him in Jesus' name. I resist him over my life, over my family, over my church, over my children, over my marriage, over my finances. In Jesus' name, I will arise with the purpose of God on my life. Listen to me, South Africa. The reason why we've got all this crazy stuff going on is because the devil does not want the church to arise in unity and in power to preach the gospel, to get people saved, because that is the only way you can change a nation. But you know what? We're going to arise. We're not going to stand back any longer. Well, we haven't been standing back, but we're certainly not going to start now. We're going to keep preaching the gospel, amen? Preach living the life. We're going to keep doing our best. Proverbs 10.22, and I'll close with this this morning, and then we'll pick it up next week. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, here's the catch, and he adds no sorrow with it. So listen to me today. This is an evaluation. If you're doing well today, if you're blessed, if you feel you know, great things are happening in your life, but you have sorrow, you need to step back and evaluate. Has God given it to you? Because when God gives it to you, he doesn't add the sorrow. And so if the sorrow is coming, then you need to evaluate either your priorities, how you're leveraging that, what are you allowing in your life, because if it's working sorrow, it's not from God. Then you need to have a retake on what that is and how you manage it and who you're giving glory for it so that you can channel that into who and what God wants you to be. Listen, your victory is about to be unlocked through God's favor if you'll just focus on what he's doing. Hear what he's doing. Respond to those promptings because they unlock the next level of obedience in your life. What a win. You and I are set free to pursue and to go after God and to stop pursuing and striving to get more. Listen, if you just pursue God, he'll add it. He'll add everything you need to live life and enjoy life and be blessed and to live in the blessing and the favor of God. That satisfaction that comes from the inward man, knowing that you're God's child, that you're highly favored, that he loves you and he's blessed you to be a blessing. How many you know that's real favor? And so we see that even Joseph, when he recognized that, he stepped into who he was, he flowed with who he was, and God started to promote him again. You see, he kept rising. Why? Because he knew what God had called him. He had a dream. He had a reality that God was with him. Say, God is with me all the time. 
He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. Every head bowed, every eye closed today in this wonderful moment. God loves you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for you. And so right now, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if we could have some music playing in the background. Maybe you're here today and you've never personally accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you know about Jesus. Maybe you've heard. Maybe you've you know, been around it. But you're not personally engaged in receiving Christ as your Savior. God loves you today. Listen. He destined today for you. This is your appointment. If you're here, God brought you here this morning. He knew you'd be sitting here, and he was like, I'm so excited. This is my moment with that person. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, even if you're watching in line, right in your lounge or, or in the restaurant or wherever you are today, this is God speaking to you, saying, come, my son, come, my daughter. I'm calling you into my kingdom. Come and receive Jesus as your Savior, and you will never be the same. So whether you're online or you're in the church today, if you are in the church and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you'd love me to pray for you in this moment. Just raise your hand. Just quietly wherever you are. No one looking around. This is between you and your Father. He loves you. God bless you. I see that hand. Is there someone else today like to join that person and receive Christ as their Savior? I see those two hands over there. God bless you. Now, if you raise your hand while no one's looking, will you just quietly stand where you are? Just stand. Just stand where you are and just walk with me out to the back and go join the person at the back there. This lady over here, if you'll just stand, I believe there might be someone who wants to go with you. It's fine, it's fine, no problem. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. If there's someone else, you don't need to be shy, embarrassed, and maybe you want to just do it afterwards, just go to one of us, come to me, we'll pray with you. It's not a problem. But if you've made that decision this morning, we are so excited about your choice. If you're online and you've just responded in your heart, let's just pray this prayer out loud together. The whole church is going to pray with you. Just be sincere in your heart and God will do the rest. Say, Father God, I believe today that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for my sin, and that you raised Him from the dead so that I could be saved. I receive and acknowledge Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior, thank you for saving me today. I believe I'm now born again and I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I am brand new in Jesus' name. Amen.